Is there evidence in the first chapter of John that John the Apostle, son of Zebedee, was the writer of the fourth gospel? Find out on this edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. Listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton. As we are uh, coming to you on the 14th of September 2018, uh, we are uh, obviously uh, here in the Carolinas uh, bearing the brunt of uh, what has become known as Hurricane Florence. And so uh, we certainly want to uh, remember uh, in our thoughts and prayers those individuals down at the eastern part of the state and uh, obviously those even in the uh, western part as Hurricane Florence is making its way do have some friends. Uh, In fact, my first church was down in the uh, Southport area, uh, a place called the First Baptist Church of Sunset Harbor. I had a wonderful time down there. There were some great people uh, I was privileged to know. Uh, and so we, uh, many, many people down there, I mean, when we, for me, when I was down there and the hurricane came, of course, not being from the eastern part of the state, uh, I would uh, come on back in. But many people have uh, braved out many storms over there. They, they are really tough uh, down in the, at the coast. And uh, so they know how to handle these things uh, much more than uh, what m- most of us do. In fact, uh, Tricia Lowe, she is uh, she works here at Westfield Baptist Church, and and uh, she was talking about how she grew up in Florida, and um, she uh, quite honestly b- went through a lot of these things. And so, uh, I guess it's like anything else; it's what you get accustomed to uh, to, to doing. And uh, well, you know, living in the coast, there is that uh, is that chance that you will uh, face a uh, a hurricane. You know, being that close to the water, but. Uh, uh, I have a good friend down there. I want to uh, particularly mention uh, Michael Hewitt. Uh, he, he was a pastor up in this area. He has now uh, since moved back to, to Brunswick County, and uh, that's where he's from in, in the Southport area. So we just want to remember all those individuals. Some people, I mean, in fact, it was mentioned on the news today, some people couldn't move. Um, you know, we hear about a lot of the people who evacuate, but some people, uh, we don't think about this, or at least I hadn't. Uh, there are many individuals who uh, don't have the ability to evacuate. They, they were talking about there were some hum- homeless people that, uh, that couldn't evacuate. So we obviously, there, there are many situations out there. Uh, we, we are, uh, you don't have to look far to see how truly blessed you are. And so we certainly want to remember those in our thoughts and prayers uh, in the eastern part of the state. Uh, enduring for Hurricane Florence and uh, everyone who will be impacted uh, by this storm. 
Today we're going to jump right into uh, the topic at hand. It probably won't be a very long podcast because I know I've, I've had a bad track record on that. A lot of times I'll say it won't be a long podcast and it turns out being over 30 minutes. But today I don't think it'll be that long. I have uh, I have started, starting this Sunday, I will begin a brand new series, a sermon series on the Gospel of John. And uh, I'm, as I'm preparing to take an intensive and, and um my PhD intensive with Dr. Gary Habermas up at Liberty University, and some wonderful from some wonderful classmates up there. Looking forward to seeing uh, Mark Ragsdale and many many others uh, in the class. But as we uh, as I prepare for this, I know that I'm not going to have a lot of time. Uh, so so uh, coming up in the next week or so, and so I went ahead and prepared uh, the the next two messages, the first two messages in this series. And the first message uh, is is on uh, the the word. And by the way, if you've noticed, we haven't been po- uh, posting uh, just by a quick message. I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, we haven't been posting. The uh, messages on the Bellator Christie podcast, that's because they're now available online uh, by video format. I, I'm trying to share, um, link those videos to the website. I missed the last two, but I'll, I'll get them on here pretty soon. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, they are, um, they're available at Westfield Baptist Church, uh, org. Oh, Actually, if you go on the uh, YouTube YouTube uh, account. They have a YouTube account. Look for Westfield Baptist Church. That's one word, Westfield, and uh, you can find the messages there. And so we encourage you to do that. So we, we probably won't be posting the messages on an audio file on the podcast any longer, uh, due to the fact that they're now available by video format. So just so you know that they're out there, uh, that way uh, you, you can look them up on YouTube and and. Um, we may have a way of recording MP3s. I don't know. That's that's that'll be something we'll look at as we move forward as far as the audio file. But anyhow, nonetheless, moving on. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Still getting over a cold here as well. Uh, the first message we're going to obviously look at uh, the Lagos, and and I may come back to that here in the next couple of weeks and and get into that further. But I found something in chapter one that really I, I found phenomenal, and this is actually something that'll be discussed in the second message coming up in a couple of weeks. But in John chapter one, there's a fascinating story about how the, about the connection between John the Baptist and Jesus himself. In fact, if you look at um, in chapter 1, verse 19, he says, This was John's testimony. Now, in the first part, he talks about there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all may believe through him. He was not that light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. Of course, that is the Lagos, which, he, which John references to being Jesus. So, this was John's testimony. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests, and, and this is verse 19, and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then, they asked him, Are you Elijah? And he said, No, I'm not. Are you the prophet? They said, No, he answered. He said, Who are you then? And they answered, We need to get, uh, Who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. Can you tell us about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And here he uh, quotes Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, just as Isaiah the prophet had said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, so they asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? 
He says, I baptize with water, John answered. Then someone stands among you, but they don't know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. So, And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. The Spirit rested on Jesus. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, The one you see is the Spirit descending and resting on. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and baptized that this is the Son of God. I have seen him testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, now here, here's the point that I really want to emphasize. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. Who are these two disciples? Okay. Now, let me just say, this shows the integrity of John the Baptist. I would dare say that these were probably two of the best disciples that John the Baptist had. This would be like a pastor sending his two best disciples uh, associate pastors or his two best church members to another to another church and to another person. Now that's unheard of. <laughs> no no one does that. But he did. Because he says, he says, look, the Lamb of God, I want you guys to follow him because this is the Messiah. I want you to follow him. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Again, who are these two disciples? When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. And it was about four in the afternoon. Okay, now, again, who were these two disciples? Well, here's the first disciple mentioned. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. So, okay, so we see the next day Jesus decides to leave for Galilee. He finds Philip. Um, and then he's, uh, he has the experience there with Nathaniel, where I believe he sees Nathaniel praying. And we see the turning of water into wine. Uh, in in chapter in chapter two chapter three we see his encounter with Nicodemus, uh, but we we're we're looking here. I'm looking here very closely. Um, I, I'm I'm looking to see if John mentions his name or if if whose name is mentioned. But here's the thing: the second disciple is never mentioned. Okay, the second disciple is never mentioned. Why is that? Well, one assumes that the second disciple's not mentioned because he's the one who is penning the gospel. Because we go all the way over to the end of the book. Bear with me a second. He says in, in the epilogue, This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. So who is that second disciple of John the Baptist? And I believe that the second disciple of John the Baptist is none other than John the Apostle. 
And I believe that this may actually be a connection, a further connection, because the fact that the apostle is, is unnamed throughout the book, known as the beloved disciple or the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was probably a name added to uh, the book probably after John. Uh, that's, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the book went in several phases, and I'll get to that here in just a few moments. But uh, Well, not several phases, but I think it went through a, maybe a couple but anyhow, uh, I think this may be evidence that John the Apostle is the author of the gospel. I think this is, pro I think, further evidence. I think there are many reasons to believe that John the Apostle wrote the gospel. And I'm not the only one. In the CSB Study Bible, it says on verse 40, footnote 40, Andrew was one of the two. The other disciple is not named. He was probably John, the son of Zebedee. Uh, Wesley McGarry, associate pastor here at uh, uh, Westfield, he let me borrow a book of his on the Gospel of John, a commentary on the Gospel of John, written by Andre, Andre, uh, Andreas Kostenberger. And Kostenberger even mentions that this is most likely John the Apostle, which could link the Apostle once again to the authorship of the fourth Gospel. I was reading in another commentary, the NIV application commentary, where I believe it's Gary Burge who writes this commentary, if I'm not mistaken, where he too makes the, makes the connection that this is most likely John the Apostle because we see John following Jesus. John, of course, brings James, and we see that the quickly the inner circle disciples become Peter, James, John, and probably Andrew. I think probably those four, you could say, are the inner circle disciples. And why would that be? And it may be the connection they had, at least Andrew and John had, back with John the Baptist, because those four were with Jesus from the very beginning. Andrew brings on Peter, and then Peter becomes very prominent in the cause. John brings along James. Okay, and so John and Peter become very influential in this movement. They become probably the t two of the three chief disciples uh, that, you, that you see that Jesus has. So here again, I think, while it may not be direct evidence, I think this is further indirect evidence that John the Apostle is the one who wrote the gospel. Now let me close by saying this. I do think that most likely the gospel came in phases. Now, one of the biggest criticism that people have uh, against Johannine authorship is they say, well, John was not highly educated, so he couldn't have written a book. And I think that anymore, that argument is just, really nonsensical. And here's why. Because anyone in ancient times, or just as they can nail, anyone, whether you can read or write, can write a book. And you say, Brian, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Here's the reason I say this. Because there were professional scribes and amanuenses. Amanuensis is a scribe, a person who, who the author dictates information to the scribe, and the scribe writes it down. Now, let me just say that I believe John was very literate. I believe that fishermen uh, were very literate. I think they had to be, to be the businessmen that they were. I think they were very literate, and I think it is well within the capacity of John to write the gospel down. But even if he didn't pen it himself, I don't think there's any reason to think that he didn't write it, and here's the reason why. I think he, he, he may have even had a scribe 
write down his words, write down the testimonies, and maybe even had some testimonies that he himself had written down very early in the ministry and compiled them together and presented the gospel that we have in the fourth gospel, which is the gospel of John. Now, some people will say, well, why does John focus on light and dark? Why does he focus on these symbols in Jesus' message? Well, here is an interesting thing. John the Baptist has been linked to the Qumran community, or at least to the Essenic movement. And in the Dead Sea Scrolls, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in Qumran, some of the writings in that area have focused quite a bit on light and dark, have focused on many of the symbols that you see in the fourth gospel. So for John, if John was the other disciple who was part of the movement of John the Baptist, who John the Baptist said, this is the Messiah, you need to follow him. If he and Andrew were the first two uh, disciples of Jesus who left the ministry of John the Baptist, who came along, joined side Jesus' ministry, and they brought their brothers, then this would make sense that John the Baptist, um, excuse me, that John the Apostle would focus on some of these very prominent theological messages that Jesus presented historically in Judea, and, and also remember that John is focused on the Judean ministry of Jesus, whereas the Synoptic Gospels are focused on the Galilean ministry of Jesus. That's an important distinctive to make there as well. But I think you can make a good, strong case, uh, or at least a good case, that John the Apostle was the other unnamed disciple of John the Baptist, and I think that may even explain why John the Apostle in the fourth gospel is focused on some of these things that you don't see in the synoptic traditions, because most likely Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are come, come from Pharisee backgrounds, uh, or Luke is more of a, he's a Gentile. But anyhow, Mark, Matthew and Mark are focused on more, more Pharisaical things, uh, things that they would have picked up being Pharisees. John is focused on the message of Jesus that would have had more um, impact on his Essenic understanding. So anyhow, there's a, lot, there's a lot more investigation that needs to go into this, and I'm just giving you the highlights of this, but I, I found this very fascinating yesterday, and again, I think that this very well may be uh, further evidence that John the Apostle was, in fact, the author of the fourth gospel. Well, this has been the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this has been Brian Chilton. Continue to pray for those in the path of Hurricane Florence. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. May God richly bless, and we'll see you back next time. views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas. Crucified.